right, Matthew 6. Are you awake? Yes. <laughs> that was questionable, guys. All right. Oh, I trust you've had a good week. Um, I hope you sought the Lord this week, church. And for the next four weeks, I really do. I've been praying for you guys and myself, uh, man, we, that we would just come ready, um, ready to seek and meet the Lord uh, these next four weeks. And I, I hope that's our, our heart every Sunday. You know, it's not, okay, pastor, give me something, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, but that we would be able to meet with the saints and just follow the Spirit and say, Lord, whatever you have for me today, I'm open to it. And if that's just waiting on you, then I surrender to it. Matthew 6. Um, I'm not going to spend very long, but I love, and over the next four weeks, we're just going to soak in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and it is rich, guys. And I trust the Spirit um, has something to say to us. I'm going to start in verse 5 and read down through verse 13. It says this, when you pray, Jesus is talking. This is in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount. He says this, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Don't be a hypocrite. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, just a clarification here, right? This is not the only verse on prayer. And what Jesus is not saying is that, okay, we need to get about, you know, a hundred closets in here if we want to pray together. He's not saying, oh, y'all better go home. No praying. No, because we see the disciples praying together. What Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount is you see it. It's a very radical um, passage of, of a few chapters where Jesus is literally just flipping the cultural assumptions on their head. And he says, look, no, no, no. Prayer is not about a show. Prayer is not about, you know, what others think around. It's not about putting on a performance. You are talking and you're communing with God, church. And so you can do that alone in your closet and that might help your heart understand, right? Because when we, when we pray, we get all self-conscious, like what, what is everyone thinking around me? And some of you are like, I don't want to pray out loud because, you know, they'll hear me. And, and Jesus is like, look, it's not about that. So wherever you are, you're in a closet with Jesus. That sounds weird, but... That did, I didn't plan to say that, but it's scriptural, okay? Scriptural. Lord, help me. Pray for me, all. But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. And Jesus, likewise, He, he says, He's like, look, these Gentiles, these idol worshipers, when they pray, right, they just think, okay, let me recite this over and over and over again. And if I say this enough, this deity will, will bend to my will or I will appease this deity. And God's like, no, that's not how it works either. And it's so ironic because, you know, when you look in the past, how many people have taken this prayer and done exactly that? Where this just becomes something that you, we teach our children to memorize and we can do it in like 2.5 seconds, right? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be that name, you know, whatever. It just becomes this vain repetition that is supposed to mean something, Right? And God says, no, it's not like that. And, and when, we, when we come before the Lord, when we come to pray, we can come with a faith that says, I could pray right now and God could answer it. 
Not, okay, I guess I'm going to have, because this is what I struggle with. I'm going to have to come again and again and again, over and over, before I see this answered. You know, how many prayers is this going to take? No, no, every time I come, it's me and the Lord in that moment. And I say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we believe that he hears, not in vain repetition, church. Again, it doesn't mean that repetition is bad. Because then we go the opposite direction. It's like, okay, never repeat the same phrase over, no, that's not what Jesus is saying. And I love this, verse 8. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Church, your Father knows what's going on. He knows what you need this morning. He knows what you need this week. And then Jesus says this, okay, pray in this manner. Therefore, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I love we just sang that. So just a couple thoughts I want to share real quick. First thing I see is that this prayer is full of faith. It comes, like Jesus says, okay, pray in this manner. And he gives us this prayer that is like already preloaded with faith. And what kind of cued me on this was when you look at the punctuation of this, there are no question marks. There is no wondering. There is no, maybe God, could you do this? Look, when, when it says, it's almost as if these requests are in the form of statements, like, Lord, give. Lord, forgive. Hallowed be your, your kingdom come. Your will be done. We are, we're just declaring because we know that what we're praying, we already have. And that God is going to answer. Is that how you pray, church? Because when we come before the Lord, we have to come in faith. And Jesus already gives us the faith in this passage, right? He just says, look, pray in this manner. So when we come, we're trusting that, Lord, I am praying according to your will and you hear. God's not unreachable, church. It's not like you call him and you get voicemail all the time and maybe every once in a while he'll answer. No, your father hears, church. And, and look what he says, our father. This is how the prayer starts. I love what uh, Andrew Murray said in his book, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. He said this, the knowledge of the fatherhood of God, the revelation of his infinite fatherliness in our hearts, the faith in the infinite love that gives us his son and his spirit to make us children, is indeed the secret of prayer in spirit and truth. This is the new and living way Christ opened for us. To have Christ the Son and the Spirit of the Son dwelling within us and revealing the Father. This makes us true spiritual worshipers. So along this line of, of having faith when we pray, do you, you, you need, Jesus says, you've got to understand who you're talking to. First thing he says, right? He doesn't say our creator. He doesn't say our sovereign almighty God that is full of righteousness. He doesn't go into this. He just says our Father. When you pray, you are addressing your father. Do you, now, do you know God as your father? Think about that. Some of you have a really skewed view of God because you, you kind of overlay your father on God. And this is much deeper than, you know, we have time to get into, but church, you've got to get to know God as your father. He is not a version of a father, he is the ideal in every single way of what a father is. 
He is the standard of what, fa- of what you as fathers, I was going to say we, but I ain't a father yet. So, yeah, don't, don't get excited, y'all. I know, I know y'all are waiting, you know. <laughs> hey, 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 Sean. No, 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 no. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But um, at the end of our battle series last, last week, right, uh, I, I gave you this resource, Mark and Melissa De Jesus. Can you throw that up, Mitri, that picture? Um, I just want to reiterate that I'm not sure if you've had time to look into this. And, and again, this is not a savior. This is just a tool that the Lord can use because a lot of what Mark and Melissa talk about is, is learning to understand and know God's love and know him as father. And so church, I'd love to just point you here to just, just soak in the truths of scripture that Mark and Melissa kind of focus on that what does it mean that God's my father? Because Jesus says, look, that's the first thing. When we pray, he says, look, you've got to know who you're talking to, church. Our father. I mean, we're two words into this. And this is already pretty rich stuff, church. So second thing, this prayer is full of faith. And second, this prayer is not about us. This prayer is not about us. This prayer involves us. We're praying it, right? We're talking about ourselves, but this prayer is not about us. Because what do we start with? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, when, when many of you understand what hallowed means, right? Hallowed is like the verb of holy, right? But this is what's incredible about this passage. We are not simply making a declaration of who God is. We are not simply agreeing that, okay, God, you're holy. No, no, no. This is the first request in this prayer. Lord, let your name be seen as it is. May you be seen as you are. Your name, may it hold the weight and the wonder and the worthiness that it is due in my life, in the world around me. So when we're saying, God, hallowed be your name, we're saying, Lord, let me and let those around me, let us see you as you are. Let us regard your name as holy, the name by which we are saved the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Lord, let your name be regarded as holy and sacred. Hallowed be your name. And then this prayer kind of starts and ends with this idea of the kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Because in heaven, there is no sin. There is no, there's no opposition to God's rule. Maybe it sounds weird to phrase it like this, but on earth there is, right? I mean, that's pretty basic. There's opposition. The Lord's will is not perfectly done. That's why we wait. Do you realize that's what we're waiting for? And so when we pray this, it can have two simultaneous expressions at the same time, right? So when we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. On one hand, we are praying, Lord, that day when you return and you make everything right, and your will is perfectly done, as you said it would be, right? Bring on that day, like the end of Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Are you awaiting the arrival of your king, of your God? Church, this this is one thing, like, man, we could use some persecution, because it would teach us this. It would teach us this. It would say, Lord, I can't, I want, I want you. When are you coming, God? The spirit and the bride say, come. We are longing for the day when God comes, fully revealing his glory, wiping away all evil and sin, 
making all things new, wiping away every tear where God is seen as he is and we will see him as he is. Right now we see in part, but then we will fully know, church. And so that's one sense. We're praying, let your kingdom come, God. Let your will be done. Make it happen. Come soon. Come soon. Like the psalmist, why do you delay? Why are you delaying? It sounds weird to talk to God like that, but that's what we see in scripture. God says, no, he invites us into that. He says, no, 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 call upon me. It's weird because we think of God in terms of a human relationship, right? But he is, he is our father, but yet there's the, Jesus invites us into this mystery of our father who is in heaven. He is not here. He is here, but he's, he's, he's beyond us, right? But yet he's so close, and some of you are like, that's going to blow my head up. Yeah, that's God. And Jesus says, let me invite you. First line of this prayer Jesus is like, let me invite you into the mystery of the presence of God. And some of us don't even know how to value that. To some of us, that's not as rich as it should be. God's name is not hallowed in our lives as it should be, church. So the second sense, so we say, Lord, bring your kingdom, right? But then there is a daily sense in which we pray this. Father, today in my life, let your kingdom come. Let the expression right? Paul says, I think it's the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Lord, may I be led of your spirit to reflect your rule and reign in heaven, your kingdom in heaven on this earth. May this church, would you come in this church, may your will be done in this church. And we're surrendering and we're praying and we're asking, Lord, let your kingdom come in my life. Let it come in this city. Let it come in this nation. Let it come in the lives of my family and my friends. Let your will be done. What is the will of God, right? There's the perfect sovereign will of God that, that he is in complete control and what he says is done is done. But then there is this pleasing will of God, right? Where he says he wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. These are the scriptures that I claim as I'm wrestling in prayer because Jesus also says, hey, narrow is the way to life and few few there be that find it but then you have Paul saying God doesn't desire that any perish but we know they are going to perish so there's this weird thing right and so we're praying Lord let your will be done Father save more save more turn more to Jesus don't be glorified in your wrath on their sin be glorified in them turning to you and your mercy and grace shed on them and we pray let your kingdom come make it so as it is in heaven and church, that's what I want us to do today. Um, we got, can, can we go to that first screen, Dimitri, that prayer screen? Uh, I, I threw some prayer requests on the screen. And these are kind of going to rotate. There's three different screens. and They're just going to rotate. And I would love for just the remainder of this service, uh, for 10-ish minute, minutes or so, just to give ourselves a prayer, church. And the way I want us to pray is um, you can sit there quietly reflecting and listening to those around you. But I would also love to invite you, if the Spirit would lead, if the Spirit would allow, not for us to overthink and analyze, but just to whatever God has for you. But I do want to kind of lead us into praying with our mouths, not just our minds. That we would open our mouths and we would pray together. 
It doesn't have to be super loud, but it can. If you start, if someone starts praying out loud, you can just pray. I mean, this, this room is too big for us to hear what's going on, someone praying on the other side of the auditorium, amen? So, so if you want to just lift your voice all together, let's just lift our voice and just pray and just begin to pour out requests, to begin to praise God, to begin to pray like this. Let your kingdom come, Lord, in our city, in this nation. I, I already missed the first screen. Can we go back to that one, Dimitri? Right? Our, our, our leaders, we're told to pray for our leaders, President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. And, and this is kind of just a sample prayer to give you an idea if you're like, what do I pray? Right, here's something, right? May the fear of God, wisdom, righteousness, justice, and truth lead the, the, the lives of these leaders and their decisions. May the fear of God fall on them. And let's pray for the well-being of their lives and families. Let's pray that they see Jesus, church. Whoever it is, right? These are just the prominent ones, right? Into our country, to our state. But, I mean, we got the Supreme Court justices, our city, the, the, the leaders in this city, right? Let's go to the next screen. Let's pray for our city. I mean, our city needs Jesus, amen? How many churches are in this city? Like, a lot. But we need the Spirit of God to move, church. So here's a bunch of things, and then the prayer, may the fear and awareness of God's presence, love and authority and truth fall all across the city. May the power and desire of the Holy Spirit be made known in every neighborhood. Then in every neighborhood, God would have his people. Next screen. This is the last one here. Our, the church. Now, we're not, we're not necessarily, we're, in, the, in the weeks ahead, we'll focus on more like, um, uh, maybe like personal prayer requests. But we're not even necessarily praying for our church today, church. We're praying for God's church, right? This community as well as, you know, peoples and um, Northwest and North Point and all these churches across the city, whatever. I mean, there's more than I can count, right? Where God is working. We'll pray over them. Let's pray for unity in Christ, racial solidarity, that we would be one. Church, I mean, we are divided as a nation, Whatever your take or opinion on why that division is, is irrelevant. We're divided and we need the Holy Spirit of God to change something. Oh, sorry, man. The screens are on a timer, guys, so they're just going to do that. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for the advancement of God's kingdom in our community, city, state, nation, and world, right? Let's have a hatred for sin. That sounds bad, but no, we're supposed to hate sin. Because we love God's word and we love Jesus and we love people, may we increase in passion for God's glory and kingdom rather than pursue our own comfort and desires. May we be sensitive to and led by the Spirit of God daily. So, Reuben, Twyla, would you guys come up? I'd love for you guys just to share what the Lord's given you and then start us off in prayer. And, uh, and I, once, you know, I'm just going to hand this mic to them and leave the stage. When they're done praying, church, we're just going to begin to give ourselves to prayer. We're just going to begin to lift our voices as these screens kind of just rotate and you'll see the different requests. May the Spirit lead you. Church, would you just lean in? Would you believe that God's here and that He desires to hear from you? That your Father is listening and He welcomes. He says, come. No, I'm inviting you into this, church. So, here you go. Happy Fourth Church. Uh, I would like to read from Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. You know, the hunter said that we should um, share what's on our hearts, and with this whole last year, there is a song that has really just been on my heart the whole year. I would like to just sing that chorus for you. I still serve an amazing God. He's been with me every mile my weary feet have trod. He still cares. He still heals. He's still mending broken hearts and drying tears. This old world is bound to change. But I'm glad I know the one who always stays the same. And my song will ever be amazing God, you're still amazing me. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that you are with us through every situation. Thank you, that thank you that your word and for your pastors who reach, preach directly from your word, bless and strengthen them. Thank you for our church family who holds each other up in prayer. We pray for those who need a healing touch in their bodies. And we just ask that in all that we do, we give you all honor and all glory. Amen. The, uh, I was taught that prayer... Is a personal relationship with God. That the more I pray, the more in touch I'm with God. So at work, at home, driving, I was taught that stay in touch with God and make that a personal relationship. So for me, it's, uh, it's been a journey that every day I learn more about how close to be to, be to God, with God. Uh, sometimes... Um, it is difficult. Sometimes it's joyful. But I think the more I pray, the more I stay in touch with the Lord, it gives me that assurance that He's with me, whether at work, whether at home, whether driving. That doesn't mean I'm going to drive with my eyes closed, but it, it, is, it is that assurance that God is with us and that God doesn't uh, neglect us. You know, there's some people that have three kids, and sometimes the parents say, the middle child gets neglected. Well, God does not have any middle child. We are important to him, and he cares for us, and he wants the best for us. So I just wanted you to know that um, when we pray, um, I'm going to pray, and after I pray, I guess we're gonna all going to pray together. Don't forget to pray for our pastors. And, um, and after you pray for everybody, don't forget to pray for yourself. You're the most important person that God's looking at. So don't um, forget to pray for yourself. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love and mercy, Lord. We thank you for this day. And we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy, Jesus. And we thank you that you love us and you take care of us daily. Lord, we ask you that you give us the wisdom to think the right things, to say the right things, and do the right things, Lord that when people see us, they can see your presence. 
when people hear us, they can see your spirit, Lord. And when people see us do things, they, they can see your spirit in us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your presence in us, Lord, would be a testimony to the believer and to the unbeliever. We ask you, Jesus, that you help us, Lord, that every day we walk closer to you and we look up to you, Lord, for direction and wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.